1: That's BlueNile.com.
2: You might find that I'm somewhat economical with my answers today because there's football. All right, anyway, let's go.
0: This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes.
3: All right. Here
0: This is
4: Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers.
5: Dumpty dum te dum Dumpty dum dum te dum Dumpty da dum 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 diddly dum dum diddly dum diddly dum diddly
1: dum
2: dum te dum te dum te dum dum te diddly dum. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality dark drama. That is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the hasty, constructed playhouse, otherwise known as Royfield brown And with me, I have the Mobile Artisan Food Service, also known as Philippa Hall. And the Impartial Observers, folks, are you, are lovely listeners. This week's dumdy dum is from Sue Yin, all the way from Toronto. Blimey now. And they went down the farm, didn't they? It wasn't just a sheep bleat, <laughs> There were cows. There were pigs. There were all sorts. Brilliant. But there you go. That came all the way from Her Majesty's Dominion of Canada. Now, folks, we need you to write us reviews on iTunes because that's an incredibly important way of us getting more new, fresh, spangly, new, dumpty-dum listeners for our podcast. Also, we need people to help us on social media. Now, if you've ever tweeted if you like tweeting why don't you apply by going on to com and hitting the contact us uh button and saying oi mush i would like to help you out because i love this podcast i like to be part of this podcast i'm one of the community let me at twitter so go on to dumdedum.com and tell us hmm, uh, that you want to help us out because we need help on twitter because our twitter people are overworked They're not underappreciated, but they're definitely overworked, so please help out. Now, Philippa, how are you today? How's your (laughs) tum-tum?
5: Much better than last time. Still avoiding the cherries. I had a plain digestive before we started today. I thought that was the the safer thing. Yes, all's well. Just busy, busy, busy with work, kids, dog. Digestives,
2: they settle the tum, don't they?
5: Well, I just think they're a better option than a ton of cherries just before we record Dum-de-Dum. So, yes, hopefully you won't need counselling. You don't
2: want to get caught short a second time, do you?
5: I'm not saying anything more about what occurred two weeks ago. I I am going to forget it and pretend Ah. it's never happened. And I would ask and plead. (laughs) But you do the same because I thought I could mute my microphone, but it turns out I can't. You
2: you obviously can't. There's nothing like uh, the rush of uh, little feet uh, to a door and then um, the distant flush of a toilet to realise, oh, someone's in distress. But anyway, let's move swiftly
6: on. We
5: should, yes. How how are you, though, Royfield? How are you? Smashing,
2: smashing as always. Um, Good people, I've just said to Philippa off mic. Uh, This episode could well be a short one, and you won't hear much from me because Spain-Croatia is on the TV. Spain have just scored the most spectacular own goal. Uh, My attention, sorry could not really be on all things ambridge so uh, if when philippa says rifle watch you and i go yeah it was good let's move on you'll know the reason why now philippa tell us about the last week in ambridge was it good bad or indifferent
5: well, I like Quentin's A to Z approach for the week. So this week is is all about the Bs, the week of bad ideas. Monday we had Alice, uh, who had the bad idea of horse riding while drunk. Adam had the bad idea of hiding his loss of his job from Ian and involving Lee on it. Tuesday, Eddie had the bad idea of turning his limo into the ring and ride service. And Brian gave us a whole list of bad ideas Adams had with the farm. Wednesday, Linda had the potentially bad idea of winding Evangeline up. And I didn't enjoy Neil and Susan's bickering. So that seemed a bad idea. And Thursday, Neil, well, he's not a weather forecaster, so he had the bad idea that it wouldn't rain. And Adam had the bad idea of tipping Justin off to his business plans. Oh, and as for Alistair's reaction to Shula laughing, well, so that was the week of bad ideas.
2: Good heavens. There you go, folks. That's you dum-de-dum this week. we see you all again in seven days' time for another (laughs) blockbusting, rip-roaring episode of All Things Ambridge. Bye-bye. Take no, care. Look up 50. Bye.
5: Lots of calls. Lots You've of calls. You've summed things up
2: so well. So <laughs> well. I, I think the corner are totally superfluous. Like, Who
5: needs them now? You've just uh, done it. Don't you dare. We, just because you want to go and watch the football, I want to hear from the lovely corner <gasps> You Thank just you reminded
2: me that Spain and Croatia are on TV.
5: Please do not turn the television off. We have important work to Don't do Don't turn here. it off.
2: Oh, oh, so I can turn it on. The okay. <laughs> just like nip over to the other room and just have it over in the corner.
5: <sighs> I've got nothing to say. That's a bad idea as well. So can we just get on and hear from our lovely caller in On this week's episode, we hear views from Melly, Ali, Richard,
2: Jen. Mia, Stephen, Monty, and Isabel. God, blimey, now it's a full slate of caller cool in Philippa, if someone would like to send us in a dum-de-dum or call us, how can they do that? Someone needs to keep this show on the road. Come on, chop, chop.
5: If you would like to sing or play us a Dumdy Dum or send us mm-hmm. your views on the week or yes. give us a plot prediction, mm-hmm. then leave us a message on SpeakPipe so you can find right. that on dumdydum.com on the website. Or you can use WhatsApp, leaving a voice note or text message to. 07957 which, as we all know, has a plus 44, no zero. If you're outside the UK, please make sure the message is no more than two minutes long. If you would prefer to email your thoughts and predictions, go to the contact us section of the website and fill in the form. Can I just say
2: we've had very few text messages in the last four or five
5: months? We had one last week.
2: I said very few. I didn't say I know, about none.
5: I know, but that could be the start of it. It could be the start of an avalanche of. Te- you could have so many text avalanche. Messages. I can't speak Ooh. now. I'm so yeah. No, avalanche
2: is one of those wonderful words in the English language, which is just incredibly beautiful because it's very obviously not really you know kind of Anglo-Saxon avalanche, it's right, like serendipity. Yeah.
5: Come on, I want to hear from our oh, Corinna.
2: All right then. All right then. I was just setting the mood for a playful dum dum <laughs> Hello, Ambridge
4: 3962.
2: First off, top of the shop, we go to Ireland and it's Ambridge Pony Club.
3: Greetings, everybody. It's Jen here, calling in with a Monday night prediction. Now, just a bit of a, a health warning here. This is a fairly dark prediction, but... I think it's something that it's important for people to be aware of. So I decided I would call it in. Last night when I was listening to Alice saying goodbye to Banjo, all kinds of red flags were going off and all kinds of alarm bells in my head. Very unfortunately, vets are the profession most likely to commit suicide. and Because of that, there's a very high level of suicide awareness in our profession and I've done training courses on it. And one of the things that you have to look out for is if people seem to be saying goodbye taking their leave giving away possessions anything like that and Alice's visit to the stables really came across to me that way Um, particularly when they were having a conversation about when was the last time that Alice had ridden banjo and she made the comment oh maybe maybe Joanne would know I'd really like to know the last time I rode banjo now that was I found that a very strange thing for her to say if she was going off to rehab and wasn't anticipating coming back why would she need to know that? It seemed like she was saying goodbye to her memories of her horse, saying goodbye to the memories of that life. I'm really not anticipating coming back to it. So I guess it could go one of two ways. Either she's going to do a runner and she's not going to go to rehab. She's just going to leg it. Or she could be looking at saying a final goodbye. And I think particularly the business between Adam and Brian is maybe pointing that way. I can't see us being lucky enough to get rid of Adam. So I think this is going to be need to be reconciled. And probably the only way that that's going to happen is through some sort of major family tragedy. So just to say, I think that could be the way things are heading. And I hope I'm wrong, but that's my two pennies.
5: Oh, Jen, thanks so much for your call. Yes. a troubling call in troubling times, but you've really made me think about about what's going on. I mean, Shula, one minute she can't advise on newspaper delivery problems, and then the next she's being absolutely brilliant with Alice. Um, so we heard from Alice and Shula, but I wanted to hear from Banjo. I wanted someone to tell me what the horse was thinking. Was the horse thinking, oh, it's nice to see Alice or someone get me out of here? I don't know. That would have been quite nice. But it never occurred to me that Alice could do a runner. I just hadn't thought about that. Um, I, I hope she goes to rehab and I hope it is the start of, of the recovery. And, and I hope as well that we have a break from hearing her while she's at rehab. N- not that I'm saying I don't want to hear um, the story, but it would it would just be nice to have a break and focus on some other characters for now, I, I'd imagine. Roy, Phil, what do you think is, is next for Alice? I've got a sneaky feeling
2: and this isn 't my 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 thought, um, I think this was with a spoon on the Facebook, but he said that this could be the start of some kind of equine therapy that she's this yeah. is going to be the start of her recovery isn 't
5: it I would hope that that 's what we were hearing because it did really seem to calm her and see a time you know look back at a better time and try to imagine that in the future as well i I thought Shula was. Absolutely brilliant, and it, it seemed mm. as if she recognised straight away th- that Alice was drunk. But she didn't say that in a way that I probably would have. You know, oh, you can't do that. You, you've been drinking, and which wouldn't have worked. She dealt with it very well. So we we have to applaud Sh- Shula this week.
3: Mm.
2: Well, I've always thought that Shula was a good listener. You know, there's a difference between using your mouth and actually listening. And half of listening is just actually to be there and to soak in the words. You know, that's half the battle. And, and I think in this regard, she's potentially going to be in the right profession. Uh, to be a good vicar is fundamentally just to listen to your parishioners, just to listen to people uh, talk about th- their woes. And she's good at that. She's never been a bad listener. You know, it's, it's rather different from listening to her necessarily give advice. But anyway, in terms of listening, mm. she's she's pretty good. And what was also really quite instructive, that she reminded Alice that she used to be a very determined little girl that mm. doesn't give up. This is the, probably the first time in a long time that Alice has actually heard that she has some worth and she has some strength from, from somebody. And so this is mm. obviously a very pivotal scene. It was uh, just just whilst we're here, in the first half, Croatia have only had 28.9% oh, of you're possession. Oh,
5: crying out loud? No.
2: And I'm just saying, you know, this is really a, a masterclass from Spain in terms of. Can pers- I just apologise to
5: everybody else? I am devoted did to that. I did not answer that. You did very well. But then you finished very it. Well. Instead of just finishing it there on a, on a brilliant, incisive note, may I say, you then had to go to the football
2: well, you know, the Euros are on and I've got a feeling that it's coming home, it's coming home, it's coming football's coming home You know what, if we get past Germany we have an easy route to the final Next, it's Isabel
4: Hi, so, late call hope I haven't missed the cut So, Alice Uh, This week, there hasn't really been much of Alice Um, I'm glad she changed her mind about taking Banjo out, maybe I've got the wrong impression but judging by what i've heard of alice so far usually she sort of sticks to things she never changes her mind sort of thing so i'm glad she changed her mind because i don't think it would have been a good idea to take banjo out yeah so i'm glad that she got to see the pictures of what like her as a little girl and stuff like that when she was on the horses and i'm glad she got to talk to shula and you know shula could like sort of like comfort her a bit if you know what i mean so anyway adam and ian well adam i think he should tell ian because i think the longer the the longer he waits the worse it's gonna get and if he finally tells ian like after ages then ian's gonna think he's keeping secrets which he is maybe it could finish them this stealing the money and everything shula and neil I don't think Shula's really having an affair with Neil. I think Alistair's just taken it a bit too far. I mean, yeah, they were laughing and everything, but you know, they're just friends. You know, he was borrowing some clothes because because he's got wet through, sort of thing. Anyway, I haven't really got much to say this week.
5: Bye. Oh, Isabel, great call. You've always got things to say, and that's why we like your calls. Ah, Adam has to tell Ian, and Brian has to tell. Jennifer, uh, and we all want to hear that. Brian seems to think that everything is just hunky-dory, but I don't know, what what will Adam do? What will his new job be? Is he planning to actually do a takeover of the partnership? Are we going to have another meeting where everyone's got to vote and who does Jennifer vote for this time? I mean, I can imagine Adam would get Kate's vote, but Jennifer took Brian's side last time. Would she just give up and and take Adam's side this time? I don't know. And then when Ian talked about his plans for a mobile artisan food service, and Adam said, in what way mobile? I thought, for heaven's sakes, do you think he's going to be on roller skates with a backpack throwing food <laughs> as he goes past? It it was pretty obvious, but that's that's just got trouble written all over over it. Royville, what do you think Adam's going to do? I, I don't think he's going to leave the business,
2: is he? You know, there's going to be... He and Brian obviously have a whole load of beef to sort out. I'm exasperated with Adam. Yes, we know that Brian is somewhat of a dinosaur etc etc but adam is so defensive and Mm. perceives anything that brian says to him that it's a slight i'm i'm kind of three quarters more than three quarters i'm probably like you know nine tenths with, with brian on this it's like whatever brian says you know adam just reacts in this incredibly defensive way and let's be honest about it what he did was wrong
5: but Brian is fairly blinkered about these sort of things and, and he does, as I said earlier, seem to think everything's fine with Adam carrying on in the partnership but not running the farm. Um and when he said as well to Adam, Oh, you'll stay on for the harvest, Adam did really pause before answering. I thought, Well, what, what's that all about? So who would Brian get into to replace him? Is he is he going to give the job to well, Jack? I think I think
2: it was uh an argument. And a decision made in haste, wasn't it? But by, by Brian, like, oh, you know, I've had enough, and you yes, know, he, but
5: Adam seemed to say, no, that's fine. I've, I've thought about it, and it's the right thing to to part well, ways.
2: But, so. but both of them are cutting off their noses to spite yes. their face, because fundamentally, Adam is a good custodian of of the land. You know, he's a pain in the ass to work with, but he actually gets the job done.
5: Well, when Brian was going through everything that Adam had done that wasn't quite the, the best job. I mean, okay, you know, you, you make mistakes. And of course, he didn't know that uh, COVID w- was coming and the the weather and all sorts of issues like that. But still, there did seem quite a few points that were Adam's ideas. It was a litany of woe. It yes, really
2: was a litany of woe. It did
5: make me think, hmm, are you best suited to that? Or do you mm-hmm. want to... Retrain, but uh, he but hasn't told Ian. Brian hasn't told Jennifer, so we've got to hear what happens then. And that is going to affect Adam's relationship with Ian because um Ian's trusted him that the money to pay for the electrician has is came from a bank account, and it's going to be another time when Adam has lied to him and not just been honest. And Ian does seem to think that there is some more money to possibly pay for this mobile van that he can he can do serve the artisan food from not that he said that explicitly but it does seem to infer that so they haven't had a money conversation and uh how is Ian going to feel about that on top of everything else that Adam's done I I think there are going to be some difficult times ahead and, and Jennifer's is just going to push her over the edge isn't it with Brian
2: there's a deeper issue here, which we're probably uh, missing. By the way, it's uh, 1 1 at half time.
7: 1 1. Moving on. Time. Moving on. Right. Monty, you're up. Hello. Monty here. I wanted this week just to talk about the stupid plot line with Eddie and the limo. I've I never liked the sort of crazy, harebrained scheme, grandy plot lines. You could just about sort of tolerate them when it, when it was Joe and Eddie. but Now there's no Joe. Eddie on his own coming up with these stupid schemes is really quite tiresome, I think, and doesn't work. And this one in particular was mental. I mean, and to have Clary sort of approve it just um, didn't sit right. I mean, for a start, he's, he's trying to drive a limo around town that's a They've established he's a gas guzzler, so it's going to cost a fortune in petrol. And he's not allowed to charge anyone over it. So he's got to expect the population of Ambridge just without actually being asked just to give him enough money to cover the cost of the petrol and make it worth his while in time and effort. It just doesn't ring true. And what about insurance, upkeep of the vehicle, keeping it clean? All the other things you have to do if you're actually driving passengers around before you even get to the fact that it's clearly illegal if you are, Mm. in effect, taking money for taking passengers around, which is essentially what he was doing. I mean, I don't believe any court wouldn't convict. It's just the whole thing was just stupid. So I just hope the writers don't do any more of that. And they quietly put this grundy thing of just coming up with stupid schemes all the time to bed. We've had enough of it and I don't think we need any more now. Joe's not in the picture. Thanks very much. Bye.
5: Oh, Monty, thank you so much for your call. It's really good to hear from you again. Yes, the simple solution would have just been to sell the car, to make some money and save all the outgoings. But oh, no, that's far too simple. Let's go down the most complicated route that is bound to end In disaster. Yeah, I just thought, here we go again. And will Rex go back to his old tricks and write bad reviews on on Edith's car service? Oh, that's a good one. But then it goes back further than that. You know, we had Rex versus Eddie before with the Christmas turkeys and the Christmas geese, so that it's a, it's a wound that can be easily scratched. I think between those two, and that's not going to end well. Um, and I wondered as well with uh, Linda having this drive past Evangeline to wind her up. Will they have the surprise guest at the fate to open it up and to welcome everyone? <laughs> Will it be Evangeline? Because I want to hear that. I would love to hear that if that happened. But Royfield, what did you think of uh, Eddie's plan? Did you think it was bound to make him millions or end in disaster?
2: I'm with Monty on this. I just want this kind of Grundy nonsense to stop. (laughs) Joe's gone.
5: Mm. It's now
2: just, you know, Eddie and Clary. Uh, I think Eddie can just grow up a little, you know, he doesn't need all these, these kind of brain screams, but just putting that to one side, I, I did feel for Rex. I was like, Oh, please, Eddie. Right. Yeah. You know, you, you're taking, you know, food literally out of Rex's mouth. And then what are the chances if you just drive to the neighboring village that your Bet Noir is just going to happen to be looking out the window
5: Oh, no, no. I think there was some doorbell ringing and running off. or There was there was something. What,
2: some knock door run? No,
5: no there was just something to get Evangeline out because she it. came out, looked and then turned, went back in. So well, there was a horn the blowing. The horn was or,
2: honked or something, was Yes, wasn't there it? was
5: something. To, she wasn't just um, picking flowers in the front oh, garden. Well, she it was, was all just
2: a bag of nonsense, wasn't it? <laughs> made no sense whatsoever.
5: <laughs> was it a sign to us that Ambridge is getting back to normal, that the Grunders are making bad decisions? I mean, I'm surprised about Clary, because normally she was the one coming in after the bad decisions are being made, saying, oh, no, that's not a good idea, being the voice of reason. But mm. she was aiding and abetting, giving him
8: gloves Ooh, and a aiding
2: and abetting, I like that. I know that. She did say they looked very smart in his hat.
5: Well, that but, yes. limo just needs to go. Uh, it's uh, it's go costing away. too much. Penny has it. Evangeline <laughs> <If> <laughs> could buy it, maybe. Then that would annoy Linda. Uh, maybe Evangeline needs a helicopter. That would be. Fun.
2: I really like these characters who we, you know, seldom hear or sometimes are silent. Have these wonderful names, but this was even you know a stretch for me this is this evangeline what's the surname lowminster or something or another
5: she's wonderful though i mean when when we actually heard her she was wonderful but i don't know why linda would want to do that i mean she,
7: you know, I know, she's so busy sounded... and
5: so stressed running and organizing exactly. this date. It, it,
2: it was rather petty and i think linda is better than that
5: yes but it wasn't adam so i'm fine with it
2: mm. all right so anyway, uh, that was a call from our Monty. Uh, now we go to, um, to Europe. Do you remember Europe? Do you remember when we used to be a part of Europe? Do you remember?
5: I remember when I could travel to Europe, as I would uh, very much <gasps> like to do.
2: Do you remember when you could go to Europe and just use your phone, as if to say you were back <laughs> home and not have massive roaming charges? Do you remember?
5: I just remember going to Europe for my holidays. Well, I can vaguely remember it because it's so long ago now. Not not that well, I'm feeling sad or anything.
2: Long distant memory. Now mm. we've been cleaved from our European brethren. But anyway, here's Richard. He's in Europe. He's got something to say about the archers.
9: Richard, first time caller in here on holiday in Italy. Thank you for playing the Swanee Whistle Kazoo Dumpty Dum introduction twice. However, in giving me the credit, you've done an injustice to my big sister Helen in London. Oh dear. Not only was it her idea to record the dumpty dum with your aforesaid instruments, but she was swanny whistling as I kazooed. Please give my dumpty dum listening sister Helen credit where it's due. Now, when Royfield laid into the next door community groups as being the home of xenophobic curtain twitchers, I think he might not have been right. Communities are defined by geography and belonging, and being in Ambridge or from Ambridge is enough. Martin McCurkey, Village in the City founder, suggests that we welcome all who welcome all value as the right one for an inclusive village in the city, or for that matter, a regular village. And that can be hosted on next door Facebook groups, in WhatsApp, or in real life. The way newcomers are treated is a good measure of a community's culture. Ed Grundy spoke up for the myth of Ambridge culture, if not the backstabbing shabby reality, when he broke up an attack on immigrant fruit pickers with, Back off, I said. Back off. This is Ambridge, and we don't treat people like that. We are decent folk. My list of Ambridge folk who leave something to be desired in the decency department is quite long. It includes Brian, Adam, Phil, Russ, Pitt, Alice, Schuler, to name but a few. Thanks for all the good work, and if there are any other Central Europeans listening to Dumpty Tom, Dum, do sign up on Tractor. Am I really completely alone?
5: Richard thank you so much for your call brilliant first time caller and I am so sorry that Royfield made such a massive mistake um, in telling me <laughs> because it was Royfield's mistake I would just like to um, say it, well, you definitely well, stop, said stop, it was Richard. Stop,
2: stop. Richard sent that in right so there's an email from a guy called Richard and then there is some level of a dum-de-dum who do you attribute that to?
5: I would look at the email and see if he there said, had been a message tied with Roy it. Royfield,
2: here's a dum-de-dum. It's from a dude called Richard. Well,
5: anyway, Richard, I apologise humbly I think, and severely I there's, there's against Royfield.
2: His sister is a listener to Dum-de-Dum, and she's gone, Richard, right? I wasn't mentioned. This is all my idea. I did the heavy lifting on the Swanee. Then
5: I got thrown underneath the bus. And she had the idea for it in the first place. Exactly. Helen in London, Big Sister Helen in London, we thank you for your service. And again, I apologise for... I, for one,
2: don't... No, it was not my mistake. It's Richard's mistake for not
5: putting it very
2: clearly in the electronic... I'm so sorry,
5: Richard and Helen. ...missive,
2: and then I get thrown underneath the bus in the middle of this sibling fight.
5: It's it's very sad and and, and I can only apologise. But... Richard talks about communities and yeah, mm. I think Ambridge and dum dum that's a community as well. Oh, I love and community. I'm, I'm not hearing the community at the moment though on the archers, I miss it, the village events. And uh, if, archers, if the archers are, are ignoring COVID as they seem to be, well, let's hear that community. It'd be nice to hear it. But then do we really want to be in that community next week when Elizabeth and Vince go away to this boutique spa in Norfolk? Mm, I wish I'd been at Brookfield at the Sunday lunch when they told David. You can imagine him spluttering over his roast potatoes that they were going off to this (laughs) boutique hotel. (laughs) Sounds wonderful. But please please call again. And while we're on this, I just need to do a little bit of a shout out. I sound like my 12 year old son, but if there is a Richard Wellham, Wellham listening, Richard, you used to take part in the very early Zooms in lockdown and you were always there first on, um, and we could always see you there. And then we didn't see you for a while. And I just want to check that you are okay. So if you could just let us know that you are okay. Um, Anyway, Royfield, what what did you think about Vince and Lizzie going off to a, a spa, and about your awful mistake with Helen and Richard, which you're very well, sorry about? I think
2: about. I've um, put that one to bed. This was Richard's mistake, and then he's blaming me through the media for his own for his own <laughs> mishap with his sister to deflect. <laughs> right, Richard, shame on you, sir. Shame on you. I probably did slightly go off on the deep end about um, next door. Um, very obviously community is incredibly important. Um, and you know, we are a community, there's different types of communities, virtual ones, real ones, net twitching ones. And, uh, yeah, the problem is when you do this show is, uh, sometimes you talk and your mouth just runs away with itself. And I didn't say there was anything redeeming about next door. I just damned it. And and that was unfair. So um, maybe Richard's got shares in in next door, and they plummeted, right? And that's the reason why he's trying to uh, <laughs> trying to rehabilitate uh, next door. It's a bit like, did you see when uh, Ronaldo uh, moved the the coke bottle? Sorry. He did, didn't he? Yeah.
5: Sorry, this is a football
2: thing, is it? Yes, but but it, but it goes to the point when people talk about something, and then do you need to get? To bed early tonight. No, he no, to it's be just, yawning.
5: I'm, I'm, I'm all so anyway, okay to talk about the other. And... At the start of the
2: Euros, oh, at the start of the Euros, Ronaldo was sat down, uh, fielding questions, and in front of him, it's a bottle of water, a Coke bottle, and some uh, and a Heineken bottle, and he removed the Coke bottle and just said agua, and shares of Coke went down by four percent. I think that's what Richard's doing here is a shareholder in next door and because of me taking them to task uh you know uh, the shares went down and he's just trying to rehabilitate them anyway richard wonderful call didn't you realize your first time caller in a row if you're a first time caller in a row we do have rules that we need uh you to go through richard you know what is it that you do how long have you been listening you know these are very important aren't they
5: Phillipa. They are, they are, and where you're from, and well, we know where Richard's from, but uh, and also the character that sort of identifies with yes. when you first started listening.
2: And all I can say is, recently, first time caller iners have been slack with the rules. But we love them. Slack. we love
5: them, so mm-hmm. it's
2: fine. I only love them when they follow the rules. <sighs> I tolerate them when they don't. So I tolerated that call, Richard. Pull your socks up. Do better next time. Uh, now, it's Stephen. He's somebody likes to follow the rules.
10: Hi, Stephen here. Wenlock House on the Twitters. Here are a couple of plot predictions, or rather, plot non-predictions. First, Neil is not about to develop dementia. He's just tired from a lack of sleep. And second, Neil is not going to have an affair with Shula. Let's start with a bit of history. Tula and Neil have never been more than just good friends. Back when they were teenagers, Neil definitely fancied Tula. He later told Nelson Gabriel that he thought that the sun shone out of her bottom, but she never saw him in the same way. She wasn't exactly short of boyfriends. She went from Eric Selwyn, more than twice her age and married, to farmer's lad Bill Morris, who claimed Ambridge's farmers were old-fashioned, which annoyed Phil, to posh Charles Hodgson, who dumped her after she fell off her horse while point-to-pointing to Jeremy, who had a fast car, to the roving Echo reporter, Robin Catchpole, then following a tour around Europe, a Spaniard called Pedro, and then Martin Lambert, the vet. Then came the other reporter for the Echo, Simon Parker, infamous for the bonk on the edge of a cornfield at Netherbourne. Then Nick Waring, who deserted her in Bangkok. And then finally, Mark Hebden. Throughout this period, Neil was able to take her to the occasional night at the Young Farmers or the Folk Club, but just as friends. They've now been friends for almost 50 years. They know each other so well that they can be relaxed together. But there's no spark there. There's nothing in Shula's life at the moment that would make her suddenly see Neil in a new light. He has his problems, but they're not with Susan. So he isn't looking for an affair either. Alistair, though, is seeing Shula happy and relaxed in a way she hasn't been with him for a long time. He is perhaps seeing the Shula that he first fell for. That's why he is a little jealous. Perhaps he will inadvertently trigger gossip around the village or something like that. But it will all blow over and the am will
5: flow quietly on. Stephen, uh, brilliant call. Your knowledge is incredible. How many boyfriends has Shula had? Good grief. No wonder she's turned to God. He's the only one she hasn't fallen in love with before. My goodness. <laughs> I no. Uh, yes, Alistair realised, I think, as Stephen said, that he was still in love with Shula. But when Shula and Neil were laughing and Alistair just stood there silent, oh it was rather awkward. And as for this tracksuit, right, let's talk about this. How short is Dan? Because tracksuits I think are rather forgiving. So unless Neil is seven foot and Dan is four foot, it, that that just doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand why they were laughing about that. But anyway, Royfield, aren't we lucky to have Stephen?
2: Uh, we are. We are. So, an interesting point has been brought up for me with your reaction to Shawler's Boyfriends. Now, I didn't actually count, but let's say...
5: 300.
2: That, no, six. I didn't actually oh, no, count. there was more five. than
5: six. No, there was about 15 on that list.
2: No, there wasn't. There wasn't. Let's say there was six and you said there was a lot.
5: So how many
2: boyfriends did you have before you met Mr. Philippa?
5: Right. So you're, uh, you are—you have steered this all around. Because round I don't think that six
2: necessarily is a lot.
5: It was more than six. My goodness, it was more than six. You don't listen to these calls.
2: I do. I do. We'll play it again then. then for let's, them. Let's... All right. <laughs> all right. Here we go.
10: Hi, Stephen here. Neil is not about to develop dementia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just tired from a lack of sleep.
2: Get to the point, and second, Stephen. Count Neil the is boyfriends. not going to
10: have an affair with Shula. Let's start with a bit of history. Oh, okay yes. dokie. Shula and Neil have never been more than just good friends. Hmm. Back when they were teenagers, Neil definitely fancied Shula. She wasn't mm. exactly short of boyfriends. Mm. Okay. She went from El- Eric Selwyn, One. more than twice her age and married, to farmer's lad Bill Morris, Two. who believed Danbridge's farmers were old-fashioned, which annoyed Phil. To posh Charles Hodgson, three, who dumped her after she fell off her horse while point to pointing. To Jeremy, who had a fast car. To the roving Echo reporter, Robin Catchpole. Fine. Then, following a tour around Europe, a Spaniard called Pedro. Six. And then Martin Lambert, the vet. Seven. Then the other reporter for the Echo, Simon Parker. The eight. Infamous for the bonk on the edge of a cornfield at Netherbourne. Then Nick Waring, who nine, deserted nine. her in Good Bangkok. God. And then finally, Mark Hebden. Ten. Throughout Men. this period, Neil right, well, was able to take her and to then the occasional Alistair, night 11. at the young farmers. Or the farm and farm.
2: actually Nigel, just she, had, she had a They've thing with Nigel. They've now been friends
10: for almost 50 Twelve. years. They know each other so well Twelve. that they Well, Nia 15 together. and 6.
5: Thank you very much. Rest my case.
2: Okay, but is that a lot, though? <laughs> <laughs> is that a lot? <laughs>
5: it's a lot how many good well like, okay come Bear on man. in mind, how many girls of that two let's of that one minute, one minute man, wait a minute on. it's not about you, me it's you open this let's, up we need to talk about this come on let's take two off let's because she married last year Mark let's just and do Arista. the last 12 months how many girlfriends in the middle of covid yes
2: in the middle of covid you're asking me how many girlfriends i've had in the middle of COVID.
5: Yes. Come on. <laughs> OK. I've barely last, been
2: out the front door.
5: In the last five years, then.
2: This is rather intrusive, this question.
5: Well, you asked the question to me and you're judging because, you
2: were, because you were really judgmental. Like, Oh, my <laughs> God. Look how many men she's had. Blah, blah, blah. And I just thought, oh, what an attitude. What a terrible attitude. She was young, free and single.
5: Oh, yeah, that, it's good for
2: her. I'm not exactly. saying that wasn't. I'm just exactly. saying, gosh, it surprised me. So let's move me. on. We, 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 we've dealt with that. Now. <laughs> <laughs> A bit more to see here. <laughs> right. So thank you for that, Stephen. Now it's <laughs> Ali over there in Washington, D.C.
6: Hi, all. It is Ali from the colloquially known swamp that is Washington, D.C. Rifeld I do know that it was not actually built on a swamp, but I buy into the colloquialism. Um, anyways, this week was a nice return to the placidness of archers that is typical. Um, It's nice to have a little break of the, from the explosiveness that has been the storylines lately. I've taken to to listening when my kids aren't home. And I feel like today, Thursday, especially, is one that I probably could have still had in the background. I find the Shula and Neil parts of Thursday's episode. I was roaring laughing um, because it was just so adorably funny. Um, I think Alistair. Might be right. I think Sheila might be wrong. At least the scriptwriters are setting us up to to, to think that. Um, bright um, cracks in marriages appear when there's external stress. Like what Neil and Susan are experiencing with having a newborn in their house. Um, and having the reasons behind that newborn being in their house. I thought Sheila was really Chula was really good earlier in the week with Alice. And I think that's all
5: I had. Bye for now. Ali, brilliant. As always, thank you for your call. Thank you for setting Royfield right uh, after his attitude to you two weeks ago. So thank you very much for that.
9: No, 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 no,
2: no, no, not having that, not having that at all. (laughs) Because Washington is called the swamp. There is... People believe it was built on a swamp. It, it's a thing. It's a thing.
5: And it's, it's one of those reference. things. It's just a reference. She wasn't saying, Help, I am sinking into the swamp. You have to send people to help pull me out. She just referred to it. I and just. And you wanted... presume she was wrong. So you no, jumped n- to correct no, her. No, and as no, she's pointed no. out, she knew. Hardly,
2: hardly, hardly.
5: Anyway. this is
2: because It's a popular misconception, right? So I was just referring to the other dumdy dumbers that don't live in Washington D.C. Just putting them straight. Of course, I knew that Ali, being a proud Washingtonian, would know this, but it was the others that probably laboring under that misapprehension. I was just worried about the other dumdy dumbers That's all.
5: Well, that's so considerate and and thoughtful of you, Roy. Anyway, can we now deal with the contents of of a call, please? <laughs> yes, because I just so... feel
2: like you just. Oh,
5: So Neil and Susan, of course, they're so tired from looking after Martha all the time. And Susan sounded so frazzled. Oh, I could have done without all this shimmying around. I thought shimming is sort of a moving around slight sort of dance routine, so I don't know why she was saying she was shimming around, but anyway. But I do not think Susan told Neil about going to Jennifer and taking Martha to see Jennifer. That was not there. She didn't mention it. So yes, some people are saying, Oh, this is the first sign of Neil's dementia. No, they are they're knackered. They're they're doing all the work. Chris is nowhere to be seen. I think. What do you think, Roy Field?
2: I think what you
5: think. Have you just been watching the football?
2: It's still 1-1.
5: You see, Ali's taken the time to call in. Ali, I appreciate you a lot. I think the the thoughts that you had there, what you presented to us were absolutely excellent and I appreciate them very much. And please call in again and correct Roy Field once more. Thank you.
2: Did I say one one? Just just to prove that I wasn't looking at the scores, it's now 3-1 to Spain. Apple the guy who plays for uh, Chelsea, oh. scored, and so's Torres. So it's now 3-1. I think Spain I'm so are home sorry, and listeners hosed. I'm so home sorry. And hosed in the quarter final. But Ali, wonderful, call. And uh, uh please call in again. Uh, uh sorry, are we now doing Mia?
5: We are.
6: Hello this is Mia in Newcastle Land
9: Cooler entering. I just can't believe
10: how much I'm enjoying the new Dumpty Dum lineup. It's definitely one of my favorite podcasts
6: of the week. Keep it up as I'm
8: really really having such a good time.
6: Oh Mia
5: that is just the best. I love that. Can I get set that as my ringtone, do you think? That is just brilliant. Mia, thank you. Thank you for that impression. Thank you for loving the new format. Um, we're certainly having lots of laughs and, and enjoying it. And the laughing continued for me because why did Shula say that Neil looked like Ron Weasley? It, I know he's wearing a Harry Potter top, but why Ron Weasley? Does this mean that Neil has red hair? And I started thinking, okay, bear with me on this, Royfield. So if Neil is Ron Weasley, who else do we have? What about Snape? Adam? <laughs> Dumbledore? I thought Jim. Ginny Weasley? I was thinking Phoebe. Luna Lovegood? It's got to be Kate, surely. Neville Longbottom. Now I wondered: is Rory Neville Longbottom or is Rory Harry Potter? I need people to tell me. Dolores Umbridge. I couldn't make my mind up, but I thought there is a bit of joy in there. The Dursleys have to be Brian and Jennifer, Vernon and Petunia. I mean, people, more suggestions, please. Voldemort has to be Rob, Molly Weasley, Pat Archer. And uh, McGonagall, again, possibly that could be Shuler. Bellatrix has to be Hazel. Gildroy Lockhart has to be that pub consultant who said they've got to change the name of the bull to the to the bee. And Peeves is Nigel. Royfield, any more? Or are you just shaking your head? Because I laughed when I was looking at this.
2: Uh, this is Harry Potter, isn't it? Yes. I've never read... A <gasps> Stitch of Harry Potter, let alone watch the movies. So
5: now I know, we're, I'm I know there's J- her
2: Miami Granger. Yeah,
5: Hermione Granger. Yeah, I'm putting J.K. Rowling to one side because uh, a lot of us aren't fans of hers at the moment. But we're just focusing on the story of Harry Potter. Let me just say that. But if you have never read never Harry read. Potter.
2: Never read.
5: Uh, Lord of the Rings. No. I'm holding my hands to my head here. I, I just, well, okay, let's put Royfield to one side. Everybody else, come on, give me your recommendations as to which. Well, haven't you gone through every character? No, that there's God still. <gasps> Don't say that. No, come on slap yourself and move on no. well, well i Mia... tell you
2: what whilst you talk to the listeners about this i'll just quickly nip into the living room sw- turn the volume up on the telly no. give yourself three minutes because no. it looks like a route it's 3-1 to spain right Stop it. I, I can't contribute to this because i don't know what you speak i genuinely and that's, fi- don't that's know, fine well don't know so, um, you knock yourself out, Mrs. You talk to listeners about Harry Potter. I have and done where that it...
5: already. I All right, have so we're done moving that. On then. Are we moving on? Can yes. I just
2: say I loved Mia's voice that it she was did. However, I did feel slight pangs of rejection because she said she really enjoyed the new lineup, which meant that she didn't enjoy the old lineup, which included
5: me. She liked the long, the longer show. You see, we've had quite a bit of positive feedback oh, about that show. Yeah. And even when I was editing it, I was laughing a lot. And the you, you said, so did not, Why are you that?
2: not. How long was that recording?
5: I so did not edit seven hours. Seven,
2: seven hours, long. hours.
5: of editing? Indulgent.
2: You, you oh, never that... got a self-indulgent dum de dum when I did it incredibly
5: many wonderful calls in you see cosmo said about how it sounds like we're squabbling all the time and i have to agree with cosmo it does sound like we're squabbling but it was just having spent seven hours of my time editing it the only feedback i had from you was too long so
2: i think it was seven hours long oh my goodness you never got a long dumby-dum when i was at the helm that's all i'm saying
5: because you didn't get as many lovely caller inners, We had lots and lots of them, which was fabulous. <laughs> yes.
2: Right. Talking about caller inners, we have one more and it's Melly.
1: Hello everybody in Dum Dum Land. It's Melly McMerryweather calling. Um I it's ten past seven on Sunday evening and I may or may not have just been feel bush Yet again. Yet again. I must hold the record. Um, I didn't listen to the omnibus today. I was on my way in a big walk and my cousin from Australia called me. Um, So I picked her over the archers and I have no shame in that because I introduced her to the archers so there's got to be some balance. My thoughts this week are, well, there's Brian Brian and Adam but more joy. I'm just really curious about what joy's all about, what Rochelle's all about, and others. Yeah, she lends herself well to conspiracy theory. But I wonder if she... One theory. Did she cheat on her husband? They're divorced. That's why she's moved away and Rochelle's not talking to her. If Rochelle even exists. But if I was going to invent a child, I don't think I'd call her Rochelle. No offence to any Rochelles out there. Yeah, I'm just getting more and more curious about Joy. And she played Linda like a violin. It was beautiful. So, yeah. I don't often talk about um, what I think is going to happen. But ah, I can't work it out. But it's going to involve me and Helen. I'm pretty sure it's going to involve me and Helen. The way she wanted Helen to hide what had happened to the the figures. Not dolls, not toys, figures. Um, so I don't know. I'd be curious to know what MJ else thinks. And I think this week we have Philippa Quentin and Rosie Borty. So weigh in guys. Let me know what you think.
5: Oh, Melly, I'm so sorry Uh, we missed your call. We had started recording early uh, last week, so we missed this. Um, Huge apologies for that, but wanted to have your call on because there's lots to talk about. Yes. So, Joy, I like your idea about that. I just wonder... I don't know if anyone else has come up with this, but could Joy be in witness protection? Because she's made up this whole story and she keeps making up things and that's what you have to do in witness protection. Is she running home then at the end of every day and making notes so she remembers all, all that she said? I don't know. And as for missing the extra episodes, yes, we all want to get back to five or six episodes a week, hopefully soon. My problem as well at the moment is the sort of four to five characters in an episode. It just feels... Two shorts. It's a bit close to the the monologues, you know, sort of quaderlogs. Is that what you'd call them with four actors in? I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, I I just would like to get back to the seven or even eight actors in a, in an episode. It's just much more diverse for me. And talking about. Uh, Lee and Helen, can I just recall that I predicted last week that Adam would blame his situation on Lee, and Quentin poo-pooed that. And who was right and who was wrong? I am officially Mystic Meg. Royfield, do I get a medal for that?
2: I'm just want to talk about poo-poo, right? Because President Zachary Taylor. Who um, was uh, a general for the Americans during the American Mexican War, do you know how he died?
5: No, but I'm sure you're going to tell me.
2: He died drinking uh, after he was uh, after the American Mexican War and after he became president, obviously. and I'm just going to quote from the BBC website, he enjoyed a glass of milk and some cherries which were lightly contaminated with bacteria which led mm. to fatal gastroenteritis. <gasps> now that was fatal yours wasn't quite so fatal
5: no thank goodness oh my oh, y- you wouldn't you wouldn't have me if it if it had been It would. well okay you probably <laughs> happier <laughs> well, let's not go there but yeah i did feel really quite unwell for several days but um <clears> never mind Didn't mean i lost anyway there we go did it not no in, well Anyway, yeah, I'm not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> let, let's let stick to dum-de-dum, shall we? That's uh, I think it's bad enough the listeners having to hear all the football references. Let's move on from the cherries. And script writers, thanks for all the cherry references this week. It was not something I wished to hear. Let's
2: have a little bit of the socials. Oh, don't forget, folks, um, if you'd like to help out, dum-de-dum be part of the community um why don't you go on to um dum-de-dum.com hit contact us and say i'd like to be part of the community and uh, you can help us uh, with the socials that'd be most awesome the socials on twitter um at most uh, and that'd be awesome all right so do that and now let's sit back for some socials with sandra
3: selling a little or a lot Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In
1: four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
8: Hello, this is Sandra with the social media roundup for the week beginning Monday the 21st of June a week in which I discovered that many other listeners have much better long-term memories of the programme than I do. On to the programme. The Aldrich clan featured heavily in this week's episodes, with focus on Alice, Adam and Brian. After listening to the conversation between Alice and Shula on Monday, Sue Lee asked if Shula had been taken over by the pot people, as she seemed more human than normal. Glenn Fullerlove thought that Shula may have been abducted by aliens. Others came in to defend Shula, with Ged Robinson saying that he doesn't get the Shula hate. There was some understanding why Shula didn't want Alice to ride Banjo, and some listeners appreciated Shula's gentle approach to Alice's request. There was a long discussion about that exchange on the academic archers group, and that included a discussion about the value of human-animal relationships. It was thought that Banjo could help Alice climb out of her abyss. People appreciated the way that Shula had given Alice space to think about riding Banjo at that time. Also, an idea was put forward that Alice could eventually take over the running of the stables from Shula. On to Adam. I put up a poll during the week asking if listeners thought that Adam would eventually leave his job at Home Farm following that argument with Brian. 100 dumpty dumbers didn't believe that he would, with a few convinced that Adam would go. Stephen Bowden thought that Adam was too invested in the soil ever to be able to let it go. Rose Tate, in Academic Archers, described Adam and Brian as pig-headed and inept. They both know full well how much each of them needs the other. That's probably true. There was some confusion over Adam's interest in the business and Lynn Rafferty explained how the partnership worked with Adam being employed separately as a farm manager. Adam's visit to Justin was analysed. Eva Cantin, an academic archer, said that Justin could easily see through Adam's digging. The lack of real communication between Adam and Ian was picked up on. Lily and McCarthy believe that their relationship is flawed. It doesn't bode well for their marriage if they keep secrets from one another. I thought that Ian's idea for starting up a business was impulsive, but Fiona Goldsmith disagreed, saying that the words Ian and impulsive don't belong anywhere near each other. Of course, the week ended with the interaction between Neil and Shula. Newer listeners didn't know that they had a relationship way back when Neil was a young newcomer to the village. Some agreed with Alistair in believing that there was a spark between the two. There was discussion about whether or not they would embark on an affair, but no, not many thought that Neil would do that. Stephen Bowden didn't think that it was going to happen, but said there may be gossip. Other long-standing listeners remembered that Neil had been approached by a character named Maureen when Susan was in prison. And Neil had turned her down. It's amazing what memories are thrown up in the Facebook discussions. The shower scene with Sid and Jolene was even mentioned. That was an episode that I missed, as it was well before we could catch up later. Some put forward the theory that Neil may be showing the early signs of dementia as he was forgetting things. However, most people understood that Susan and Neil are both under a lot of stress, so it is understandable that they may not be on top of everything. I think people generally agree that there is more to come with the discord between Rex and Eddie over Eddie's use of the limo in giving people lifts. Well, that's that for this week. See you later.
2: Philippa, are we doing that thing now?
8: Are you going to read the bit in the script? Go on.
2: Oh, goodness. Sorry. Things no, are there's a particular
5: safe. part of this that to read out. So Mm-mm-mm-mm. it starts with the word now.
2: Now we go back to the item where I get every bit, where I got every bit wrong last time. And I was shocked as how bad I was. All right. <laughs> yes.
5: Yes. Did you like me putting that in the script?
2: Yes, that was rather hilarious. Hilarious <laughs> even. It was hilarious. Let's do this.
5: So this week, the headline competition is all about numbers and we've got uh, headlines from The Express, the BBC and The Guardian. So we've got the 10 best archers storylines, five things the archers needs, fans distracted with one unbelievable admission. So The Express, BBC, Guardian. Which is which?
2: Can you just say that one more time? Let me just soak it all in.
5: The 10 best Archers storylines, mm-hmm. five things the Archers needs, mm-hmm. fans distracted with one unbelievable admission.
2: Okay, and give me the the newspapers again.
5: The newspapers are Express, BBC, Guardian.
2: So we've got 10, 5 and then a headline. One. What? Yeah.
5: 10, 5 and 1.
7: Okay.
2: The BBC Light like Listicles. So it's, it's expressing The Guardian. I'm going to go. My gut is to say that the last one, which is not numbered, is The Guardian. That's my gut. So then read the first two again, please.
5: The 10 best archers' storylines. Five things The Archers needs.
2: I'm going. Express No, goddamn, 10 and 5. BBC Express Guardian,
5: and yet again, you've got every single one wrong. You know what?
2: This game's really unfair, it's really unfair, it and right? I'll tell you, you the reason crowing. why. And I'll tell you the reason why, oh, right?
5: Here we go, everyone. Let's listen.
2: You should be able to give me the answer. To the to the first question, it's impossible. This game is too hard. It's you, really unfair. Because it's only then... the
5: second time you've got it wrong. Before then, you were crowing about how clever you were, and now you've got two wrong, and uh, and oh, now whatever. you're I picking up a family Dum dot Go
2: there, folks. It's <laughs> our shop. There's awesome things you can do on there. Like be part of the community. And um, you can join Tractor. We haven't mentioned Tractor in quite some time. It's really good that Richard actually mentioned Tractor because mm-hmm. the whole point of Tractor is our social media network, whereby you see a big map of the world, and it's got lots of points. And basically, it's where Dum numbers kind of inhabit. And when you see there is a Dum Dummer close to you, you can like hit on their um, kind of like profile and maybe send them a little message and say, "Oh, would you like to go dog walking together?" And maybe we can talk about the archers. And then maybe we can lament Royfield's uh, soon-to-be demise on said podcast. That type of thing. Um, so go on to com. You can do awesome things on there, like Tractor. And also, you can listen to all the back episodes of the shows. You can kind of comment. Cosmo does some really good podcast roundups. Or you can maybe have a giggle uh, reading those, too. So Uh and- Supporting... Ooh, sorry. can I
5: just jump in sorry yes, you mentioned Cosmo you can we just wish him a very speedy recovery oh, from yes. his operation I hope but we do hope you're recovering speedily Cosmo because uh, we need you your podcast roundups are superb they are
2: a thing of wonder
5: mm. uh, another thing
2: uh, which kind of helps us is patreon now um it's all right yeah Podcasts, people kind of do them for shits and giggles, but like this thing has, has ballooned, so to speak. Um, there are many cogs and gears that go to make up Dumdee Dum. And what helps keep the cogs and gears uh, oiled is the grease of cash, moolah money. So if you can help us by throwing a little bit our way, uh, preferably $2 per episode, it just helps to keep the whole edifice on the road. Now, Philippa, tell us how can people get in touch?
5: Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on dumdidum.com the website, or leave a WhatsApp voice note or text message to 07957 167 696, which, if you're calling from outside the UK, is a plus 44 and no zero. Please keep the voice note to less than two minutes. Thanks to our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Lucy, the Freeman.
2: Mm. Um, by the way, it's 3-3. Three, three. The Croats have come storming back, storming back. So we need to wrap this up because it's now extra time so I can actually catch this. Right, so... Um... Dum dum. You can find Dum dum sure. on Twitter. Uh, you can find us where we are at Dum dum. The team do so well. They work so hard. But I tell you what, you can join them. Why don't you join the team? Why don't you be part of one of our Twitter mob by going on to dum dum.com, hitting that little contact us tab, and uh, you can maybe help out uh, the team on Twitter because we need help on Twitter. Now, um forget me on twitter uh philippa you quite like twitter you like self-publicity you like to big yourself up you know so why don't you big yourself up how can people find you on twitter philippa i'm
5: i'm not going to say that after you've said that i'm not going to pick myself on, Beat up. your chest go no, for it no 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 i'll just be elusive this week thank you very much but right remember When tweeting about The Archers, please use the capitalised hashtag of The Archers, capital T, capital A, as this helps visually impaired people who use screen readers. Without the capitals, it is read as a string of gobbledygook
2: also folks there is of course facebook everybody needs good facebook and if you like good facebook uh type in Dumbdy dumb when you're on facebook
5: sorry and i've just got go. to say you're doing a friends thing then can i very quickly tell you my friend story very very oh, quickly
2: i've got football to watch it's three three in extra time
5: but Go on, chop. they okay. came over to the uk to film the two episodes i was in the audience for that mm-hmm I was in the audience for that. I think that's very, I was so excited by that. And to watch the uh, anniversary, the reunion, when they talked about the audience and how, because we didn't know that Monica and Chandler had got into bed together because they put a screen in front of it. So when they revealed the screen and we all screamed, that made them change the future script and the story for Monica and Chandler based on that audience reaction. So, yes, it was a wonderful experience. Awesome. There we go. Sorry. You're going to edit that out. (laughs) Have you watched
2: Have you watched that Friends reunion thing with James Corden?
5: Yes, because they referred to the British audience in that for that episode Mm -hmm. and how it made them rewrite the future scripts and the and the storyline for Monica and Chandler. So yes, I have.
2: Right, Philippa, it's my favourite bit of the show. (gasps) Predictions for next week.
5: Next week, will Adam ask Jazza for a job at Barrow Farm? Will Shula and Susan hold a duel over Neil, with Susan using a yoghurt pot and Shula a wilted garden flower? Will we actually hear Chris look after his own child? And will Rex combine his businesses, offering a a free portion of bacon with every taxi ride? All will be revealed.
2: There you go, folks. That's been your dum-de-dum. I think you got real value for money. Not only did you get the last week's goings on in Ambridge, you got a blow-by-blow commentary, or at least on the scoreline between Croatia and Spain in the Euros. And what a game it has been. Titanic struggle between these two footballing nations. I, for one, will now log off from this podcast go sit down in front of the TV and indulge myself in some European football. Goodbye, toodlepip. Look after yourselves. ta
3: ra bit. Bye-bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact...